1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we have reached the first World Golf Championship of the season. It is the match play at Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas. One of the most fun golf events for me to watch, but certainly a very difficult one to handicap. Now, before we get into our preview of this week's tournament, let's quickly look back at the Valspar Championship. It ends in a playoff. LSU defeated Alabama Sam Burns takes out Davis Riley on the second playoff hole, capturing his third career tour victory, and he defends his title going back-to-back, Wes, at the Copperhead course at Innisbrook.
3: Yeah, very rare feat, even though it was done a couple years before at that same event by Paul Casey. So Sam Burns back-to-back, about 25-to-1 is uh, pretty much what the market price was pre-flop. But uh, what might have been for a couple guys, uh, Matthew Neesmith ends up T3, Led the field in stroke gain approach, uh, even par on Sunday. Not good enough. He finishes T3 along with Justin Thomas, Davis Riley, of course, Corn Ferry Tour winner on multiple occasions. Does not get his first PGA Tour win. My nearest guy is Matt Fitzpatrick, T5, Adam Hadwin, T7. So not the greatest tournament. Had, a, had Hadwin there, but he just didn't make anything on Sunday. Ended up going plus one. And going plus one with as low scoring as it was down there in Tampa was not going to get it done. 17 under par was your winning final score last year. And it was this year Davis or uh, Sam Burns over Davis Riley in the playoff.
2: Yeah, you and I both had Matthew Fitzpatrick. He came close, certainly. I thought he might be able to squeak into a playoff on Sunday. You, of course, had Adam Hadwin, as you mentioned. I had Hadwin for a first-round leader. That's the first time I've ever hit one of those. Matt Eumann's had Justin Thomas. He came close. I cashed a few top 20s and took two out of three in my head-to-head matchups. Did have a small profit for the week, but uh, the Florida swing – has not been kind to the Long Shots crew as far as getting an outright winner.
3: Yeah, we've uh, we've been close. So Orlando especially was where we were really the closest. But uh, now we are on to Texas for a couple weeks here in Austin and then the Valero, the last event before the Masters which uh, moves to Georgia, and then we move to the southeast for the better part of a month. So uh, maybe uh, a change from the Sunshine to the Lone Star State is what we need.
2: All right, I'll take it. For the fifth year in a row, we will be at Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas, for the WGC match play. It's a peat dye design, very similar Bermuda grass putting surfaces to what we've seen The last few weeks in Florida, a shorter course with a great deal of risk reward, which really makes for a wonderful setting for match play. Players must strategize when to be aggressive, when to play conservative, all the while they're playing directly against a single opponent. Wes, I want to ask you, how did you attack the handicap this week? Because I find it very difficult to play individual round matchups in a stroke play event. And that's really what you have here. Just a one-on-one for 18 holes, not one player against the field for four days, which will usually allow for your handicap to kind of develop over time. But with just one round of golf, it can be very difficult to predict.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and the way this is structured, by the way, just to give kind of a brief synopsis of it, you have 64 players here. There are a few not here this week. Cameron Smith, not here. Rory McIlroy, Sam Burns elected to drop out as well. Obviously, Phil Mickelson. So... They went down, I think, to like number 70 that we cut off was last week. So, Maverick, when gets the last spot in the field, as I said, there are 64 players and they basically do four pods. They go like 1 through 16, 17 through 32, 33 to 48, and then 49 to 64 in terms of the rankings. So... One player in each of those sixteen, and then they randomly draw them from the pod. So, like John Rom, the number one seed in the tournament, is the number one ranked player, and then they go ahead and draw from from each pod, and that's how they do it. And they basically do like kind of a round robin. Each player gets three matches and whoever has the most points, you get one point for a win and one point for a half. And then if it's tied, you go to extra holes on Friday to see who's going to go into that round of 16. Then we get to the knockout bracket. So like group one, it's just like your NCAA bracket, by the way, group one will play group 16, Group 8 winner will play Group 9, 5 versus 12, 4, 13, then 6, 11, 3, 14, 7, 10, and 2, 15, so on and so forth. So it's just like one of the regions in your NCAA tournament bracket, which hopefully is still intact. Mine is sure not, but hopefully this bracket is going to be better. So that is how the match play is basically structured And it is individual matches. You could still do futures. I did four this week, basically, one in each bracket. And then one way to do it also is to take who's going to win the group, like who is going to win group 10 out of the four players. And then there are prices accordingly out there. I know that MGM has them, DraftKings, a couple of the shops, Circa, Westgate here in Las Vegas, so plenty of options.
2: Bracketology certainly in the air this time of year, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, this is March Madness, the golf version of this. So, uh, yeah, it's not the true, like, knockout like it was all those years ago where it was one against 64. Yeah. We all remember that Tiger Woods-Peter O'Malley match when O'Malley was the last guy in the field. Or Tiger went...
2: Woods uh, against Stephen Ames, taking yes. him out in nine holes. Yes. So but, it's... Uh, no, it's been uh, over 20 years that golf has really had their own edition of March Madness.
3: Yeah, so it's going to be pool play. It's not going to be like the group play. And I know when we get to our guest coming up, Justin Ray, I know he has some really good trends and numbers where it's like, you don't always want to take the top seed necessarily in these groups. Uh, You will see, like we saw it last year, I think John Rahm was the only top seed out of 16 groups to make it into the round of 16. Like you saw a bunch of like 40 seeds and 45s and Eric Von Royen I think was like 62. So – You're going to see these guys at big prices win these groups. It's not going to be all chalk.
2: That's why we call it Long Shots. Let's bring in our guest and see what he has to say about the WGC match play. That is indeed our friend Justin Ray. He's been with us for all four seasons here on Long Shots. He's the head of content for the 21st Club. You can also find his work at PGATour.com, the USGA and The Athletic. Great to have you back again, Mr. Ray. Handicapping this event is pretty dissimilar to what you have in a regular stroke play event. You're down there in Texas, my friend. You've seen this course for the uh, WGC match play over the past four years. How did you try to attack this puzzle this week and come up with who might have success here in Austin?
4: Well, you guys are talking about how unpredictable it was last year. Just to give you a stat that fully embellishes that, Last year, players with the worst seed in any given match actually had a winning record. So go figure. The player with the worst seed had a, had a record of about three games over 500, to use a baseball term, 48, 45, and 18. Um, the average seed of players to advance last year, 43.4. So like I wow. said, don't just pick the chalk. It's going to come from all over the board. Since this pool play format started back in 2015, the top seed has advanced to the round of 16 a little over 30% of the time, those other three groups are between 21 and 24%. So it's been a pretty balanced mix overall. We've got now, what, six years of evidence to go off um, under this different format where it's not just a signal elimination. It's the pool play. It's not a long golf course, a little over 7,100 yards on the card. It brings everybody into play, which we've seen with guys with that success. You know, Dustin Johnson, Jason Dave on this golf course, but so is Kevin Kisner and Matt Kuchar has nearly won it a couple of times. So, it really brings everybody into play, makes for a really exciting match play experience. Um, yeah, and you mentioned that only one of the top seeds got in last year. Eight of the 16 players to get to the round of 16 last year came from the D group, came from that last bottom, the, uh, the bottom 16 seeds going into the week. So the seeding is largely kind of thrown out the window and look for some other things once you get going. And maybe if you're filling out that bracket, keep in mind to kind of diversify your portfolio, if you will, in terms of seeds making it far.
3: Justin, usually from week to week, we when we have just a regular stroke play tournament, we can always do a little stat modeling in terms of like strokes gained approach or proximity from 175 to 200. But like this week, I was trying to think, okay, what stats are important here? Because it's not a stroke play event because you're obviously playing your competitor and not just necessarily the golf course. So did you think it was kind of uh, foolhardy, I guess, this week to maybe do a little bit of stat modeling when you're trying to handicap this tournament?
4: It's certainly probably the most difficult week of the year to do any kind of modeling based on traditional analytics. I mean, they can they, they, the PGA Tour does their best in tournament to generate some stroke game statistics for the field, but ultimately you can't really do it in match play because you know you, your opponent could hit his approach out of bounds and you pick up in the middle of the fairway, right? So it's you know you're not it's not the traditional you know hit four shots into the hole, make your par, and move on. There's all kinds of different other variables, which is well, one of the things we love about this event, right? It's a different look than we normally get, but yeah, in terms of predictive analytics going into the week, it's difficult to find a whole lot of things that you can hang your hat on. Um, it's a Pete Dye golf course, um, kind of a quirky, unique design, um, so maybe to look at some guys who have been resilient, maybe at the Players' Championship or at other Pete Dye setups, that could be something you might want to look at. And then, of course, like I said, it's not very long, so power isn't necessarily a prerequisite to have success on this golf course. You can, you know, be one of the shorter hitters, be in the Kevin Kisner, like mid to short range, off the tee, and you still have a chance to have some great success. So it's a little bit foolhardy, like you said, to, to, to go really deep with that uh, kind of predictive analytics in a traditional sense this week. There are a few things you can keep in mind when you're making the brackets.
3: And, Brady, I thought that was interesting, what Justin brought up about this course. Uh, the front nine a little bit more hilly and some uneven lies. Second nine – I've seen it, you know, kind of described a little bit lynxian, I guess. More water on the back, more pot bunkers, wind affects it a little bit more. So this uh, is a very quirky Pete Dye design, but a nice course down here in Austin.
2: Yeah, I, I have said uh, to a few different people this week, it's a bear to handicap, but a blast to watch. I, I, as far as the stats, I, I did kind of lean on short game statistics because I think having a good short game is so powerful in match play. You can drain a long putt or hole a bunker shot. Or something like that that can save you to have the hole or or to uh, you know have a, a birdie out of nowhere to win the hole. Justin John Rahm is the favorite as far as the outright market, and we haven't really seen or heard much from him too late. He did have a top twenty finish at Bay Hill, but took fifty fifth at the Players. And he's been in the thick of it here before. He was in the championship match, losing to Dustin Johnson a few years back. He was knocked out by Scotty Scheffler last year. Are you taking a hard look at Rom this week or taking a pass on the favorite?
4: You know, I am. Um, you know, since this championship moved to Austin Country Club, uh, John Rahm made his debut in 2017 here. He's won 32% of the holes he's played. That's the highest percentage of any player in that span at least 60 holes played. I think he's definitely worth a look. I don't know if the number and the value is necessarily there, um, but he's worth considering. You know, since he made his debut, the only guy to win more holes in this championship than John Robinson, Matt Kuchar, and Kuchar's not in the field this week. So um, I also think, too, you know, he hasn't had a great season putting, but his ball striking numbers have been really, you know, kind of buoyant and keeping him, you know, in a respectable range. You know, his, his putting hasn't been great, but as we know, Ball striking is the thing you can hang your hat on week in, week out. Putting can be a little more can fluctuate a little bit more with some of the best players in the game. So and I would fully expect a guy who's as talented and had as much success as John Rahm to figure out that putter uh, and get that fixed, particularly before championship season comes up upon us here coming up real soon. So yeah, I am kinda of bullish on John Rom really.
3: Justin, you mentioned, of course, uh, in terms of players advancing since group pool play, I believe, uh began in 2015 and I got this from your Twitter at Justin Ray golf d group 24% of the time advanced so when you go into like okay who's going to win this thing there's obviously the normal futures market but there is a group market which may be a little bit more lucrative this week and maybe where you can really capitalize as a better were there any groups that stood out to you in terms of maybe some prices that stood out to you to win that group and advance to the round of 16.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think this is a week where you can find a lot of value, like you said. I mean, I mentioned that eight players from that D group moved on into the round of 16 last year. Um, you know, there's some guys, like, one player who's really interesting and has had some great success here on this golf course is Alex Norin? Since, uh, of all the players in the field this week, Alex Norin has the highest career percentage of holes one or half, so basically avoiding losing holes. He's got, done that more than 81% of the time. That's better than anybody, better than Rahm, better than Bubba Watson, who's one here. He's a pretty good value out of his group. I think he's a really interesting player to look at. Uh, there's a couple other guys, too. I mean, I mentioned Bubba Watson. You know, He doesn't come to front of mind now that he's on the other side of 40. He doesn't contend week in, week out, like maybe he did about a decade ago. But since 2018, he has the highest holes one percentage of any player in this championship, winning a third of his holes played. He's able to be creative on this kind of quirky layout. He's able to see some drive. And you know when Bubba likes the course, he really liked the course. You know, he's a multiple-winner Riviera, multiple-winner at the Travelers' Championship, multiple-winner at Augusta National. If he likes the place, he tends to sink his teeth into it and find repeat success. I like Brian Harmon as well. Unfortunately, Harmon's in the same group as Bubba, so maybe you've got to kind of pick your poison there. He's got a great percentage of holes, either won or half, at Austin Country Club. And there's another guy, too. I think... Don't just look at players' record on their surface this week. Russell Henley doesn't necessarily have a terrific record in terms of, you know, winning a ton of matches here. But he ranks fifth in holes one or half among players in the field since he made his debut. He's had a lot of close matches. He's also coming off back-to-back top 15 appearances. uh, Top 15 finishes on the PGA Tour, rather. So uh, those are some guys I think you can find some value in towards the bottom end of the betting board.
2: Justin, we look at uh, good match players. I think that goes into everybody's handicap for this event. You look at, back at Ryder Cup performance, President's Cup performance, and you look like, you know, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, Paul Casey. You mentioned Kevin Kisner. Are there some guys here that, in that category that you think we're missing that are great uh, match play players? And also, are there some guys that you think really aren't well-suited for this format?
4: Yeah, you mentioned some of the usual suspects when it comes to match play. Uh, It seems like regardless of Ian Poulter's form coming into this championship, he did narrowly squeak into this top 64 field. uh, He comes to match play and is absolutely exceptional. Sergio Garcia as well, another guy mentioned, the winningest Ryder Cup player of all time, and he's had the record to back it up on this golf course too. Uh, Paul Casey has a great record in this championship. He's coming off a really good week at that crazy players championship. with all the weather delays, I think he fits it. You mentioned that you put a little bit of emphasis more on short game, being able to get up and down save a key par i think maybe that's the place where you can fade some of the top players in the world this week most notably victor hovland uh, who was actually dead last this season in strokes gained around the green um, i think that this is a golf course that is going to require players to get up and down a little bit and that might, that might be reason to pick someone else from his group as a winner or, or fade victor hovland and you know yeah no i think that if you can find some guys who have that match play success guys like i mentioned strong players around the greens, I think you can find some value, um, not just at the top of the board, but when you look a little deeper.
3: So, uh, Justin, we're in the Sweet 16 starting on Thursday, of course, for College of Basketball before we decide the Final Four there this weekend. Who would be your Final Four here at the WGC Dell Match Play?
4: Okay. Uh, th- here's a stat for you. Three of the last six players to make the Match Play Final made the Final Four uh, excuse me, all right, I gotta re—I got to reword that. I confused myself. Apologies. All right, in the six years since pool play started, three times the player has made the Final Four who was in the Final Four the year before, all right? So I'm grasping at straws a little bit here on a tough week to handicap, but that's going to give me Scotty Scheffler, a guy who nearly got his first PGA Tour win here last year, got two wins already in the spring. Texas Longhorn has played this Austin Country Club layout a zillion times. I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler as one of my picks. I'll stick with John Rahman, and we talked about him earlier. I love that rate of holes won in his career, 32%, best of any player in the field. Um, I'm going to go with Paul Casey as well, another guy who played well at the Players' Championship. Great record in this event, has finished in the top, has gotten to the round of 16, almost as much as anybody all time. And the numbers say I've got to kind of even it out speed-wise. I'm going to go with a guy who already has a win in the spring. I'm interested to see what he does in this match play format. Way down the board, Steph Straka is going to be my fourth man in the final four.
2: Ah, well, I like the sound of that. I've got Sepp Straka in a first-round matchup at a big price, plus 175 over Victor Hovland. And you mentioned maybe Hovland is a guy you could fade a little bit uh, considering his short game woes. Uh, any other best bets that you feel strongly about, Justin? Maybe a certain player to win a group or, or like I said, a first-round head-to-head matchup?
4: Well, just as a golf fan, I'm really excited to see a matchup in the first round between journeyman Richard Bland who's nearly 50 years old and playing in his first WGC, and Bryson DeChambeau, who we have not seen since his injury, working his way back, I think there's a lot of value there in Richard Bland. He got to Austin really early, and we don't know what we're going to see from Bryson DeChambeau. So I think there's a good price there. I think I'm going to have money on Richard Bland there. Um, I'm going to take Brian Harmon in the first round of a Webb Simpson. Uh, Harmon with a really good record here in this championship. Webb Simpson hasn't played his best golf over the last 12, 14 months or so. Kevin Kisner to get to the top four, uh, to get into that semifinals. He's done it two of the last three years. I say he makes it three out of four. And I'll pick Alex Noren. I mentioned all the reasons I liked him to win his group. Those are my four favorite bets on the board you'll
3: lose the week Harmon over simpson by the way is one of my first round matchups as well so i'm glad i got company there uh justin there you uh, I, know you, <laughs> I know you've been watching the college basketball i follow you on twitter and watching the march madness and look the the promos are starting to air we're starting to see the ads for the masters uh during the ncaa tournament all over cbs all over turner etc so we're just 16 days away from a tee off Anybody that you've already kind of targeted or maybe somebody you've played or somebody you really like for the Masters uh, going forward that you've already got?
4: Sure. Well, you know, three of the last seven uh, winners of the Masters led the field that week in strokes gained approach. So the first thing I look at, that's a second-shot golf course to a tee, maybe the most so that any player faces all year at the biggest stage on tour. i got to look at Colin Kawa, a guy who's had exceptional success in the majors and is by far the best approach player on tour since turning pro. Has he learned enough on those quick Augusta greens and limited experience? That's the question there. Justin Thomas is another guy. I, I picked him last year when I came on your show a few months in advance. I'm going to keep doing it until he wins because he fits the profile <laughs> with that strong approach play. 2016 through 2020, every year he improved his finish. Took a step back last year, was contending going into the weekend, then on a tough Saturday, kind of fell off the, off the pace. And then we'd be remiss if we mention a guy who we really only hear from probably four weeks a year. But Lou that had one of the best seasons in the major championships that we've ever seen of a guy who didn't win in that given year in terms of rounds led, in terms of his finishes. I think there's some value I'm not going to pick Louie to win, but if you can get a good number on Louis to finish top five or top ten, I would highly recommend that.
2: Excellent stuff, as always, Mr. Ray. Thanks for playing Hurt today, my friend. Get well and enjoy the WGC (laughs) match play.
4: All right, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, that is Justin Ray. Follow him on Twitter at Justin Ray Golf. A great follow for all the stats involving golf and some college basketball as well. Wes and I will come back. There's an alternate event on the PGA Tour this week, also, some action across the pond, and I've got a new Masters bet in pocket. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you here. It is the week of the WGC match play here in the States. But across the pond, they've got the Qatar Masters. And then also, I believe this is in the Dominican Republic, the Corrales Punta Cana. Championship. That is the alternate event on the PGA tour for those that are not in the field this week at the WGC. Wes, I know you made a couple of plays for the Corrales Punta Cana. Anything in Qatar for you?
3: Yeah, I'll start with Qatar here. They are back at the Doha Golf Club after two years at Education City. And uh if you look, last couple of weeks, they were in South Africa. Sean Norris, by the way, uh, won the uh, previous event last week. I believe he was 66 to one last time it was held in Doha. Justin Harding won this event at 35 to one. So look, uh, Uh, a downfield obviously because you not only have an alternate pga tour event which has a decent europe dp world tour contingent because they're trying to get enough points and go ahead and get their full-time pga tour card so you know kind of a boilerplate field here over in uh over in Doha, it is the uh, Doha Golf Club, Peter Haradine design. If you're looking for similar designs, the Abu Dhabi Golf Club, which hosts the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship for the last about 15 years until earlier this year, Alhamra Golf Club, which was at Raz Al-Kaima, of where they had back-to-back events a couple weeks ago. So a couple I did play. I didn't go really deep into this board, but uh, George could see a 20-to-1. It's a really short number, but the guy's got two runner-ups here. USD Torero. Yes, and he has success at correlated courses. The Emirates, Dom Pedro, Victoria, which is where the Portugal Masters is held. So he has won there. So George could see a 20-to-1. Romain Long S 30-to-1, four top 20s and six starts so far for 2022. Oliver Becker, 35 to 1. Six top tens in his last nine starts. Back to back T9s at Raz Al Kaima which, of course, was designed by Peter Herodine that I just mentioned a moment ago. Form line 311-899 in his last five starts. Marcus Armitage, 45-1. to 1. Pretty good player in the wind, and, and the wind could really affect this course based on the early forecast. Uh, won the European Open for me, actually, last year, the Porsche European Open. He's 45-1. to 1. Jorge Campillo, 50-1. Won this event two years ago, but it was on the course at Education City that Jose Maria Olatabal designed. Runner-up, though, on this course in Doha back in 2019 also a very good win player like his win in the 2020 event also the trophy hassan in morocco back in 2019 and then a german kid hurley long 66 to 1 that's a great yeah
2: that's a great early hurley long. hurley
3: long yes absolutely <laughs> six top tens last year on the challenge tour Earned his way on the DP World Tour this season. 21st or better in four or five appearance. He was third at Ross Al Kaima a couple weeks ago and also second in Kenya. So he's got very good form. So uh, that is my card for the Qatar Masters. By the way, that'll be in the Vison email, the daily best bets email that you get in the morning. Also in point spread weekly. Had to kind of try to get this in early because, of course, the uh, match play starts tomorrow. But on to the Corralis Putacanum before we get back to Austin alternate events so no master's invite for the winner but you do get uh i believe 300 fedex cup points a two-year pga tour exemption so you know similar to what we had in puerto rico a couple weeks ago during uh uh an earlier event so corrales punicana is in the dominican republic uh tom fazio design or fazio fazio i pronounced it both ways there but it's fazio uh (laughs) 2010 uh, was designed uh, par 72, 7670 yards. Pretty easy and flat, but the wind can really blow here to keep the scoring under control. Uh, scores have ranged anywhere from 24 under to 12 under last year Joel Damon with his first PGA Tour win but the wind was blowing for that one so doesn't really favor any one player I did not do a lot of stat modeling I just went on hunches here Adam Stenson 33 to 1 six back here in 2017 remember he was in the mix at the Honda Classic a yes, few weeks was. ago and then kind of fell apart on that back nine as they got into that bear trap like about every other player in that field Grayson Sig 50 to 1 ninth year on debut here last year 6 of 7 cuts so far in 2022 top 10 in approach in this field over the last 24 rounds. He got hot
2: for a second at the Valspar.
3: He did. He did and I think maybe he could do it here. Austin Smotherman 50 to 1 teammate of Bryson DeChambeau at SMU started his pro career actually on the PGA Tour Latino America so comfortable playing on the coastal courses 6 in this field for SG ball striking 12th tee to green. Martin Keimer 66 to 1 who was on my car- last You're week. are back on Marty. He was actually 10th after 36 holes yeah, last Yeah, he played weekend, pretty well. And then dropped and went to T49. That was only his second event of the year, by the way, because of the birth of his child. So dropping class here, uh, two-time major champion at a big number at 66. I took a shot. And then Chase Seifert 80-1. to one. Good history in the wind on the PGA Tour. Third uh, Career best third at the 2021 Honda Classic. Also third, Strofsky and TD Green in this field. Tenth in Strofsky and Ball Striking.
2: I was a little surprised to see Jason Day is not in this field. He is not yet in the Masters. Uh, has to get to 50th in the world rankings yeah. to get in or win a tournament. Now, I know winning here at Punakana is not going to get you a Masters. It in would my...
3: improve your world ranking points, right. so Maybe maybe Jason Day is gonna target the Valero next week in San Antonio. But yeah, that is something to kind of watch a little bit in terms of uh the world rankings because you can still get in, I believe, you know, on the I think the world ranking is cut off after this week. And then I believe you could still get in as a tournament winner I think that's correct. Yes. So yeah, so you're seeing all these guys kind of uh, Outside the top 50. I know uh, there is a great resource, by the way, on Twitter. I'll put him over. uh, Nosferatu at vc 606 He is like the guru of the official world golf ranking. And he calculates this in terms of what guys need, in terms of how many points they need here at the match play that would get them in the match. I mean, he had it down to the point. Like Cameron Young needs a half a point. Seamus Power needs a point. Cam Trangali needs two points. So essentially that's two wins, one point per win so he had this like calculated in terms of who's getting into the top 50 so uh, check out him on twitter at vc606 and he'll have the latest updated information
2: well let's talk about the masters of course the top 50 in the world rankings if they're not all already qualified will get in and i believe that does cut off after these tournaments this week uh you've got of course past winners and then you've got exemptions for a player's champion and major champions the last three to five years what have you Uh, But Jason Day does not make that list just yet. Matt Eumann's no new plays as far as masters outrights for him. He's on Will Zalatoris at 40 to 1 and Cameron Smith at 41 to 1. He got that a while back just after his win in Kapalua. West, you have Justin Thomas at 14 to 1. I was on JT last year. I have not gone back to the well yet, but you have added a play this week.
3: Yeah, Paul Casey 55 to 1. You know,
2: has got a good a, history there a run
3: of top six finishes here so this is a guy uh, uh you know he's played pretty solid i uh, was right in the mix at the players we'll see how he plays here in match play he's got a decent history here in this event so paul casey is who i added i'm gonna add a couple more next week A couple guys i got my eye on i got my eye on tommy fleetwood who's starting up to- put together at least some decent finishes. Not really contending for wins, but a lot of, like, top 10 to 20 range type of things, and a, v- a very good match play record, by the way, and I have, actually, in my article in spread Weekly, the records of all 64 of the competitors in terms of match play, not just here on this golf course at Austin Country Club, but in all these WGC match plays dating back to 99, President's Cup record, Ryder Cup re- record, and then I have a column for Other, which might be like the Paul Lawry match play mm-hmm. or the Volvo world match play right. that they used to play on the European tour. So, uh, uh, a lot of really good records. And I know, uh, wanted to point out what Justin Ray mentioned, uh, Alex and Oren, best overall percentage in this field, 70%, 10-4 on this course, so you can go in and see the good, the bad, and the ugly of this field of 64 based on their match play records.
2: That's great. I look forward to checking that out in Point Spread Weekly. That is VEASAN's digital publication that comes out every Wednesday. My Masters plays have changed by just one edition. I have Cameron Smith at 40-1, to 1. Jason Day I bet him at 125-1. Uh, to 1. We'll see if he can even get in the field. Took a little bit of a gamble there. Mark Leishman at 125 to one as well. That was the best price I found on him. Uh, I did that about a month ago, and then just this week I added Shane Lowry at 100 to one. He does not have a great track record at Augusta. Missed three or four cuts in his first three or four tries, but recently, I believe it's his last two appearances, has had good finishes. I found him at 100 to one, and he's playing very good golf right now. Obviously, this guy is a former major champion, winning the British Open at Royal Portrait rush. Um, I just think Lowry at a hundred to one, I figure his true price should probably be lower than that.
3: Yeah. And look uh, everybody doesn't have form until they do Sergio Garcia, all those years ago. So, you know, usually every year, I know the masters is very predictive Brady based on the same guys that usually play where well one year play there every year, but you usually get one person that's kind of like never really done much at the Masters. And then all of a sudden it's like, there they are in the top five with the chance. Uh, You know, I remember it was Henrik Stenson a few years ago. He's never really been good at Augusta. So very
2: similar to Lowry.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it just takes that one year to get right in the hunt.
2: Well, I'm hoping that Lowry is starting to figure it out. If those last two trips to Augusta are any indication, Uh, when we come back, we will get to our match play segment, all of our plays for the WGC match play. It is time for the match play segment here on this week's edition of long shots, of course, covering the first world golf championship of the season, the match play championship at Austin country club. And, our friend Matt Eumanns, he's taking the week off. He needed a bye week, he said. He does not have any plays this week, none in the outright market or any of the first-round head-to-head matchups. He, he
3: followed Sam Burns' lead and uh, decided yeah. to go ahead and take this week off.
2: Yeah, of course, we have been shut out for the Florida Swing, so I think Matt was getting tired of uh, betting on losers. And, and he's had some close calls, including Justin Thomas last week, but he is going to take the match playoff. And I can certainly understand, because, I, and I have dumbed down my amount's uh, wrist as well. I, I feel that this is such a tough tournament to call. I am not betting as many units on this event, uh, and we talked about it in the open. I think it's very difficult to handicap just a mono a mono matchup mm-hmm. over 18 holes versus trying to do a head-to-head matchup over 72 holes in four days. Um, Typically, that handicap uh, that you feel one player is going to do this or not do this will manifest over four days. You don't know what's going to happen over just 18 holes. So anyway, we will move on to the bets we did make, Wes, and we'll start with you.
3: Yeah. And uh, let me go ahead and break down all the groups. And then because I get most of my plays are group plays. So I'll just break down every group. Uh, group one, by the way, John Rom, Patrick Reed, Cameron Young and Sebastian Munoz. No play for me there. I would certainly lean a little bit Rom, but maybe this is where Reed gets going. I know there's a couple people that like him this week uh, that I respect their opinion. The forum's not there, but this is a totally different event. And we've seen Ian Poulter be all out of whack and go ahead and perform well here. So that is group one. And uh, by the way, that will play group 16, the winner of group one for group 16. So I'm gonna read it like in bracket format group 16 is Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Harold Varner, Eric Von Royan. Eric Von Royan, by the way, was my long shot. I went ahead and took him at 130-1. to 1. Uh, I have five outrights and then a bunch of group plays, but Eric Von Royan, I think, could get out of this group. He got out of the group last year. He was a 62nd seed and actually uh, you know, took it all the way to the Sweet 16, uh, did match up with John Rahm and got knocked out in the Sweet 16. Then Rahm bowed out to the eventual second Place uh, uh, person Scotty Scheffler. So that is group 16. No group play there for me there. And then we'll go to group eight and group nine. And I actually have no plays, but I'll break down the uh, groups Dustin Johnson, Max Homa, Matthew Wolf, Mackenzie Hughes, and group eight. Wolf would probably be who you'd want to fade. He's really not in great form right now. So that might be somebody you pick on in individual matchups. Bryson DeChambeau, Taylor Gooch, Lee Westwood, Richard Bland, and Group 9. Bryson DeChambeau came out and said he was dealing with some injuries, uh, uh, the labrum in his hip and also something in, in his in his wrist. But says he'll be fine for the Masters, but did give off a laundry list of injuries. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Bland DeChambeau probably will be a very entertaining match there in round one. Group five, Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, and Ian Poulter. That is one of the best groups out of all these because you could make a case for any of these guys to win so what i did is i just went with the longer shot ian poulter at plus 450 i got him to win the group i call it like the group of death like champions league soccer uh sheffler was the runner up here last year he's won twice over the last two months tommy fleetwood's found form lately matt fitzpatrick loves die courses he's never really loved this one though but this is a guy he's been play playing well. well yeah poulter by the way nine and three singles record on this course so that's group five group twelve no play for me, Tom, uh, Billy Horschel, Thomas Peters, Tom Hoagie, and Minwoo Lee. Group four is Patrick Cantlay, Sunjay M, Seamus Power, and Keith Mitchell. Patrick Cantlay was an outright for me as well. I believe I got him a 22-1. to He's plus 180 to win the group. By the way, he's 5-3-1 here in, in Austin in match play singles, 7-3-1 overall, yet he's never made it out of the group stage here. Good group with Keith Mitchell, who, by the way, if you remember, beat Ian Poulter in 2019 in a match here. Soon-JM, Seamus Power. But I think Cantley is really difficult to take out down in match play. One of the reasons why I think he is is because he plays so slow. And I think that throws off an opponent, and maybe that could do that in uh, these group matches. Group 13, Terrell Hatton, Daniel Berger, Siwoo Kim, and Christian Bezadenhout. Daniel Berger getting a little bit of love here, but I like Terrell Hatton at plus two fifty. Number one in strokes game, short game over the last twenty four rounds. I know you brought that up earlier. Uh, solid enough match player. He reached around a round of sixteen here in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Berger, maybe he turned the quarter win in two or three matches last year, but a three and nine overall record. Uh Group six, by the way, and I'll read all those players for you. Justin Thomas, Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, Luke Liss. No play in that group for me. Group 11, Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and Keegan Bradley. I took Jordan Spieth to win the group at about a uh, little bit over 260. Scotty's been putting better of late, but he's often skipped this event, as has Justin Rose. Keegan Bradley's record is better than it's indicated here, 0-2-4, but all six matches have gone to the 18th hole, and he halved against John Rahm and Justin Thomas, so I think he's kind of the danger man in the group. But I'm going with the proven guy, Jordan Spieth, 9-5-3 record. Of course, he played his golf at the uh, University of Texas at Austin. So that is group 11. Group 3, Victor Hovland, Will Salatouris, Cameron Strangali, Straka, Hovland and Zalatoris, not a lot of experience here. So this may be one where you can go down the board and maybe Sepstraka Straka does win this group. I did not personally play it myself. Group 14, Joaquin Neiman, Kevin Na, Russell Henley, and Maverick McNeely. I went with uh, Russell Henley to win this group at about plus 240 Draws a rookie in the group with McNeely, and then, of course, has Neiman and Na. Na's capable, but he's in lousy form. He really is in bad form. I couldn't
2: believe his numbers when I looked at him.
3: Yeah, missed two bad cuts badly at Riviera and Bay Hill by a country mall. Did withdraw from the players uh, due to the birth of his child, so the nappy factor backers are going (laughs) to like him this week, but form isn't there. Neiman has the best form of all, but I give Henley a little bit of the experience just overall in this event, I also got an outright on Henley at 45-1. to I tried to take one. Basically in each bracket, and then the seven to ten matchup, the seven to ten groups. Xander Schaafley, Tony Finau, Lucas Herbert, and Takumi Kanaya are in group number seven. Xander Schaafley, one of my outrights at uh, at twenty two to one. I I think I actually might have got him. No, I got him at twenty five. Uh, check that. And I also like Xander to win the group plus one seventy five. Xander's got a good record here, but he's never advanced out of the group stage. He's finished second in the pod all three times, including last year when Scheffler beat him on sudden death holes. Uh, so he's got to get by Fee now. He's been out of form to start the year. Takumi Kanaya, this is his debut. Lucas Herbert, this is also his debut. I think X marks the spot to advance here. He'll be motivated after three close calls. And then group number 10 is
2: another group of death right yes. there.
3: Louis and Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Alex Norrin, all four capable, I think, of really advancing. Uh, I went ahead and bet Alex Norrin not only on an outright at 60 to 1, I also took him to win the group at plus $3. Norin's got the best match play winning percentage of anyone in this group, 70%. Best putter also in the group. So when you talk about short games, sometimes that's what it comes down to. And I think Alex Norin will get that. Group number two, Colin Morikawa, Jason Kokrak, Sergio Garcia, and Robert McIntyre. McIntyre could be the danger man, but I went Sergio Garcia plus mm-hmm. 260 to win this group. Morikawa was 0-4 in match play singles matches last year in 2021. Kokrak just won top 20 in seven events just far in 2022, not really at his best. Robert McIntyre did come out of his group here last year, which included Dustin Johnson. But Sergio, very proven match player in this group and also in this event. And by the way, Sergio Garcia now makes his home down in Austin, Texas, with his uh, wife and two children. So I, I expect him to play well here. And then Group 15 is going to be Abraham, Answer, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, Bubba Watson. That's a tough group, too, because... I could make a case for three guys. Harmon would be my lean, but Abraham Answer loves the Pete Dye courses. We'll see if he does here. So uh, you can get all that stuff, by the way. In yeah, that's a print.
2: that's a Pete Dye group right yeah. there, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and and Brian Harmon uh, uh, really took it deep here, got very deep in the draw last year, so certainly could do it again. All that stuff is in the PSW article. That'll be in also the daily email that will be sent out for VSIN subscribers.
2: All right, I uh, have outright plays to win the entire event. I did not. Not make any group plays. Uh, I am with you on Patrick Cantley. I took him at twenty-two to one, the fourth-ranked player in the world. You mentioned his record: five, three, and one at the match play. Also one and zero at the last Ryder Cl- uh, at the last Ryder Cup. Sixteenth in the field on strokes gain tee to green. Nineteenth on approach. And I used Harbortown and also Colonial as my two most correlated courses here. And then I also used a little bit of TPC Sawgrass and YLA Country Club. And Patrick Cantley has a third, a seventh, and a third at Harbortown. He also missed the cut at the players and did not play the Valspar. So he's had some time off. And prior to that missed cut at Sawgrass, he had three top fives and one top ten finish in his last five starts. And, Wes, I kind of like the guys that have been off for a week or two because, obviously, if you're going to go a long ways in this match play event, you're going to play a heck of a lot of golf. So I want a guy that's coming in well-rested and fresh. Uh, second outright I took Daniel Berger at 28 to 1 21st ranked player in the world and you talked about it does not have a good record here at three and nine but perfect in the last Ryder Cup has a 13th and a third at Harbortown two top tens at Sawgrass also just finished 13th there two weeks ago he's won at Colonial as well 15th in the field for strokes gain putting and 10th tee to green Louis Ustazen, I took him to win the whole thing. He's going to have to get out of that group of death first. 14th-ranked player in the world, 22-15 and 15 at the WGC match play with two top, uh, top 10 finishes at this track. He's got a 7th at Harbortown, a 5th at Colonial, 6th in the field for scrambling, and 10th for putting from 5 to 10 feet. If you're going to have success in this event, you're going to have to have a lot of success from 5 to 10 feet with the flat stick. Wes, I was looking at this. The last time Louis Oosthuizen missed a cut was three years ago on tour.
4: This guy is
2: steady Eddie. Uh, Sergio Garcia, I am on him with you at 55 to 1, the 49th uh, ranked player in the world, Ryder Cup specialist. We know that. Three top tens in this event. He has won at Colonial. He's won at the Players. Just too good of a match play player in this format for me to pass up. Adam Scott, I went with Scotty at 65 to 1, 37th ranked player in the world. And like Sergio, Scotty too has won both at the Colonial and at the Players. He also has three additional top tens and two top, 10, uh, f- uh, top 15 finishes. At Sawgrass, sixth in the field on approach, number one in scrambling and sixth on putting from five to ten feet. He missed the cut this year at the players. So, again, another guy that has a couple of weeks off coming in. Brian Harmon at 66 to 1. He is the 50th ranked player in the world. Hasn't missed a cut in over four months. He was third at the American Express, which does have a die design as a part of the rotation. 14th in Phoenix, fifth at the Valspar. Those are all Bermuda grass putting surfaces. 5 3 and 1 record at this event with a fifth place finish. Top 10 finishes at all of the correlated courses, and we know about his short game. He's 11th in the field for strokes gained putting. And finally, Wes, I'm going to drink the Kool Aid. Patrick Reed at 80 to 1. I mean, 80 to 1, you don't see Patrick Reed in a regular stroke play event with 156 players, let alone a field of just 64. So, I know he's been in lousy form prior to the players championship. He had missed three straight cuts, but he did take 26th at the players. So maybe the form's coming back around this format ought to really get his juices flowing. And I couldn't pass up 80 to one.
3: Yeah. And, and look, maybe uh match play is what the doctor ordered to kind of get your momentum. I've seen it with Ian Poulter before when, uh, you know, you're kind of out of form missing some cuts or finishing way down in the field. And then all of a sudden you get in a match play and you know, He's not an easy guy to play against either. Exactly. I I think he feeds
2: off the, you know, the kind of the abrasive reputation that he has. And this is a perfect format for him. And we know... Even if he's not in good form, he absolutely has one of the best short games in this field.
3: Yeah, this could be a place where he could turn it around. I did not bet him this week. I know a couple people that did, including yourself. So uh, maybe he goes ahead and gets out of that group, and I think that'd give him some confidence because, of course, he is in the group with the world number one, that being John Rahm. You get out of that group, though, and you could play with anybody. I think Cameron Young, uh, first-timer here, Sebastian Munoz, never has really been great here in the one appearance. So... Look, Patrick Reed, by the way, to win the group, about plus 350 because Rom is one of the shorter favorites to win a group at plus 140, so might be worth a poke. That would be where I would go if I bet group one.
2: I did take four first round head to head matchups and again I put uh, a lot less on this than I would normally put on a full tournament matchup but I took a shot with Sepp Straka plus 175 over Victor Hovland Sergio Garcia minus 125 over Jason Kokrak Patrick Reed at minus 110 over Cameron Young and Brian Harmon. I'm with you on Brian Harmon at minus 110 over Webb Simpson. Yeah,
3: we're going to have these matchups by the way uh likely in the daily email for visa subscribers so check those out in the morning Uh, i will have mine for the first round in terms of a couple, I played Brian Harmon over Webb Simpson. I already mentioned that. Uh, also took a couple big dogs. I took Poulter over Scheffler, plus 160. McIntyre over Colin Morikawa, 155. Garcia for his first-round matchup, I believe. Uh, Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak. Yep, I'm on, on that as well. Minus 125. Casey, minus 120 over Connors. Kisner, minus 110 over Mark Leishman. And also uh, Max Homa, minus 175 over Matt Wolf. Russell Henley, minus 145 over Kevin Na and then Thomas Peters plus 105 over Tom Hoagie.
2: That is going to do it for this week's edition of Long Shots. Next week, we stay in Texas, and we preview the Valero Texas Open with our guest Indy Jeff. He is of Follow the, follow the Money fame. You hear him there with Mitch and Polly each and every week. He will join us to preview the Valero Texas Open next week. You know the players in the field this week are going to hit some very long shots. Hopefully, we all do too.
1: if you dare.